Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. Why, tis Horrortoberfest once ah. again. Yes, it's Horrortoberfest. This isn't Ween, it's a different thing. Indeed. Mm-hmm. It's different show, different gimmick, mm-hmm. Horrortoberfest. No, same Ween. Same Ween, new day. <laughs> what? <laughs> I am your host, John. With me is Jeff. Normally, the podcast where we watch the movies that you want us to, but, you know, for October, I just, uh, you know, I watch horror movies, because fuck you. Yeah, and, you know, since you're not going to watch two movies in a day, uh, you have a couple days where your reviews turn into podcasts, and I have to watch the movie, too. Indeed. And the question always becomes, does John pick the best horror movies in an attempt to win me over, or the worst horror movies in an attempt to hurt me deeply? (laughs) Uh, And the answer, as always, this time was the worst. Yes, it sure was. The fuck, man? (laughs) Oh, God. So we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the the next generation. Otherwise known to me up until like three hours ago as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, which it is not. I mean, (laughs) it is the fourth Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah, it's never been called Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. No, there was... A original title, which was The Return to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was awful. But on, I think, either one of the cuts of this, uh, the regular or the director's one, they have that title in there. So you know it's good when the movie is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, and then they don't use that title. Is it the next or the new? I didn't see that. Next generation. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, yeah, obviously. This came out in 1994 slash 5 originally. Yeah. So uh, they were just like, hey, let's uh, let's try and, I don't know, get that Star Trek money from like six years ago. I guess let's suggest to people that like Deanna Troy might be in this. It is amazing to me. Basically that this was made and the way that it was made. (laughs) It is... As the fourth Texas Chainsaw film, uh, this is the... Story of a girl. I mean, technically, yes. (laughs) But, like, this one, written and directed by Kim Hankel. Okay. Who was uh, one of the original writers with Toby Hooper Mm -hmm. on the original Texas Chainsaw. Okay. So you would think, like, oh, okay, like... You know, the third one very much was just a new line cinema went, we want to get in on this, and threw money at it, and a budget, and it was kind of weird. Didn't that happen with the Romero zombie movies as well? Like, the other guy that made Dawn of the Dead was like, I'll "Uh, make one. I'll make one, too. We'll call it, I don't know, something of the dead. And and it it was uh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So this has happened more than once. Sometimes someone involved in it is like, Ah, you required someone else to bounce some ideas off of, because apparently when it's just you, shit is not going well. (laughs) Or just that the magic is lost without, like, the big... Like, there's a reason you know George Romero's name, and not whoever the fuck else I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one of the interesting things about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the original one came out in, like, the mid-70s, and then it took... 12 years for them to put out the next one. Yes, and they actually make mention of that at the start of this movie. Although, that's, you know, on the other side of the spoiler lines, I'm sure. Meh. Yeah. I mean, the 
I feel like that giant gap in time, because it was 12 years between the first and the second, and then like another six between the second and the third. So there's these huge time gaps, which I feel make the movies like just from a feels point of view feel very different. Cause you're like, this one was made in the mid seventies and this one was from the mid eighties. Yeah. And those two are very different. Well, I gotta say one of the first things I thought upon watching this is like, I knew it. I, my release copy said 1996, uh, which apparently is because it sat on shelves for a couple of years. But I kept thinking when I was watching it, like, was this made in 1988? Because these are 1988 tuxedos. These are mid, these are mid 80s cars. That's such a weird thing to me because the series also fucks with time in that way. Because, mm-hmm. like, the second Texas Chainsaw is supposed to take place, you know, when it does actually, like, 1986 ish. Yeah. Except the third one is supposed to take place after that, but feels like it takes place in, like, 1970s. And they kind of... Honestly, every sequel in this film kind of ignores all of the previous movies and doesn't care. Well, this movie, like I was saying, it it opens with with one of my one of the harbingers of death in a B grade horror movie, which is both a text crawl and someone reading the text crawl. Yes, which is their way of saying like, "Hey, you you should be able to read this." But we realized after writing it that we wrote too much shit down, and the movie's not going to back that up. So we'll have someone read it as well, so that you have to hear it instead of just glazing over. Now, and it at mentions least with that. That is a holdover from the first movie. Okay. The first movie had a text crawl with someone reading it, yeah. and every single one of the sequels was like, "All right, we also have to do that because right. there are certain staples that we have to hit." But they the you know, the uh, text crawl opens with like twelve years ago, a, te- a, a a group of people were murdered by a weird Texas family. Then they went silent for twelve years. Then there were two more minor incidents. <laughs> two like, probably related minor incidents. And you're like, way to be. <laughs> Way to take shots at the movies that I'm... I have, This is my first time seeing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre of any kind. And I'm going to go ahead and say there's no way those movies are worse than this one. So, yeah, the... I mean, <laughs> I don't like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. I, I there's a reason why. I never got into it. Because part of this is I'm going through franchises that I never gave a shit about. Because mm-hmm. I didn't like the first one. No, I... Yeah. I know it's, you know, super popular, but I have opinions about popular horror films that people don't like. I feel like the word seminal largely exists so you can say that things are important but suck. (laughs) I feel like that's why you need the word seminal. Like, sometimes people correctly use it to describe a good thing, you know, like, oh, Abbey Road is a seminal album, that kind of thing. But when the best word you can come up with to describe a thing is seminal, it tells you a lot. Like, (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a seminal horror movie film. Oh, so it's not good. No, it's just important. Oh, yeah. This was one of those things where it was like, oh, this came out before basically anything else slasher-wise, and especially establishing the, like, murder with the weird mask that chases after you. Yeah. Uh, It very much establishes the final girl circuit, Mm -hmm. which is a thing in all of these where you have to be like, the climax of the film is the final girl runs away for a long time through many set pieces. Yes. Yeah. Which... This movie fucking does halfway through and then does again for the end of the movie. Lord knows they were definitely running on fumes by the end. This this might... I, like, I, I've watched some bad horror movies <laughs> at, at your behest for Horrortoberfest. Like, fucking The Mirror. Uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, Several others. That That's the first one that pops to mind, but I, I know the way I've watched just as many... Yeah. Ba- like, so many bad ones 
And maybe it's just because this was fresh in my mind, but I spent the entire time with this one just rolling my eyes. Like they got, I got stuck mid roll at one point. Can only look at the ceiling. This, <laughs> oh, how blessed for you! <laughs> this sucked. And let me let's go ahead and say it is for like the second or third film appearance each for its two stars, which are Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Yep. Now um, the reason that, uh, as <laughs> Jeff said earlier, that it said ninety six, even though this was made in like. 94 and i think originally came out in 95 is they re-released this later because renee zellweger was in jerry Maguire, and then they went oh we can release this because our star is actually a star now right because she was matthew much- mcconaughey tried to sue them to not release ha! this on grounds that it was exploiting his name <laughs> and that's well, how you I- can tell that's going to be a good movie i mean were the posters they were putting out for at the time just like giant matthew mcconaughey from dazed and confused <laughs> is i mean there were a lot of hey renee zellweger and matthew mcconaughey look these are two names you know see our movie i like the my favorite factoid about that is that both of their first movie as far as i can tell is the same movie although zellweger got cut out of it Oh. It was it, uh, it was the movie My Boyfriend's Back, the 1992 or 3 zombie rom-com comedy high school thing. Mm-hmm. Had uh, McConaughey as like a random, I think he's, he's guy number he's two. Guy, guy number two. And we don't even know what Zellweger did in it because they cut her entire scene. But it was definitely both McConaughey and Matthew Fox's first movies. Hmm. And I think it was hers as well, but I don't think it counts because she did, wasn't actually in it. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's get into it because baby... There's a lot of meat to dive into on this film Maybe. that is nasty and needs to be <laughs> dissected. All right, we are going to play a little music. We will be right back with the in-depth spoiler review of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. back and it is time to get into no stop no everyone run do not watch this this is not good no everyone just go just, <laughs> this is not a place just, of honor just turn it off now and go enjoy your day <laughs> just just do something nice well here's the thing you don't have to watch it we did <laughs> fair i'm just saying even a description of this is gonna suck <laughs> i'm kidding you're it's fine everything's gonna be fine oh uh, now In this movie, uh, as mentioned, we've got our little title card mentioning that, uh, you know, several, many years ago, like 20 years ago when this came out. 12 years ago is what it says. Yeah, Uh, but it was 20 years ago. Yes. You know, actually. Maybe this actually is a period piece set in the 80s then, given the tuxedos and shit. That's the thing is it's so hard to tell what time this is supposed to be taking place in all of the sequels. Mm -hmm. But... This could be an 80s thing, yeah. I guess. Well, the costuming, I mean, I don't know much from prom dresses, but there are a lot of big shoulder pad 80s style, like regular dresses that you see. And the tuxedos that the, our two lead victim uh, guys are wearing are like, the shirts are like 96% ruffled by weight, <laughs> which is very mid 80s. That's that, that was that era when tuxedos were still like, oh yeah, just put a fucking pirate in the front, suit in the back. That's a tuxedo. Yeah, and... I mean, like you mentioned, the cars that people are driving around, no one has a 90s looking car. No, everything's... I I was willing to chalk that up to it's set in bumfuck Texas, and it's supposed to be like a bunch of like lower middle class people killing each other, being killed by even lower class people. But 
Yeah, the cars are all old. I also chalked up the fact that this movie has a budget of $600,000. <laughs> uh, that they were just like, can we have 90s cars in this? No. No, everything we no get No one's has- spending money on something new for this. Get out of here. <laughs> Not even a script. Ugh. It's just the same shit, but worse. The... The... Crawl, or not even crawl, because it doesn't crawl. All of the other movies have a title crawl. This one just has a card Mm -hmm. that a guy reads from. But it also mentions that uh, in the previous film, or this doesn't mention, the previous film from this, in part three, it mentions that Sally, the original final girl from the first film, died, which is not true, because we'll see at the end of this movie that she is alive. Oh, is that who that... That's uh, who was on, who's on the gurney at the end. That meant nothing to me. Yeah. It's fucking stupid, because you're like, yo, this is a lady that's 20 years older than she was before, and you've given me no reason to know who she is. <laughs> but yeah, it's the final girl from the original one is there. Well, you know that fucking terrible Shane Black Predator movie? Yeah. You know how the ending, like, that there's a pod that comes down and it opens up and there's just, like, a suit of power armor in it? Yeah. Well, when the script was written, that was supposed to be Dutch in there. Yeah. It was going to be Arnold that popped up. And it was like, ah, you could probably get away with that because Predator is probably one of the most important sci-fi movies from its decade. Super, everyone remembers it. Everyone knows who the fuck Dutch is. You're going to see him. You'll understand. And even then, they were like, no, people might not remember. Just put power armor in there. And this is a movie that asks you to remember a character from uh, fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. No, from 1. Oh, okay. The original final girl is who that is. Oh, okay. That well, is that's, Sally that's, Hardesty. That's a little better, although she's probably gotten a lot older. Yeah, that's what and I'm also, saying. Is she's 20 years older than when you saw her in that yeah. movie. And it's supposed to be a shock. Like, our main character from this one is like, oh, holy crap. And like, how the fuck would she know who the fuck this is? Exactly. I was like... <laughs> Why would this person who wasn't even born when the original Texas Chainsaw happened be like, oh my goodness, that's Sally Hardesty, the survivor of the original movie. How would you know that? Yeah, what the fucking crock. But yeah, it's just the boring text crawl and then we cut right to like teenagers wandering around yelling dumb shit at each other outside of their fucking fucking prom. prom. And we get eight people there prom. We get uh, this movie, of course, puts a pair of glasses on Renee Zellweger so that she can be ugly, mm-hmm. uh, because that's how that works. Yes. Uh, also, because there are certain things you have to cram into every Texas Chainsaw, the sound of an old flashbulb going off and then the whine as it goes back. The capacitors charge back up for another flash. That has, it's, you know, the famous sound effect and how the first movie starts so they use that for the prom photos that are being taken from a fucking Canon handheld regular ass camera. <laughs> Fuck you. You know what? I guess that's one more evidenced piece that this is set in the 80s. Maybe that's why they did it. They're like, oh, we could have put this in the 90s when we filmed it, but flashes don't make that noise now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to lose that sweet, sweet. We've already had to spend a ton of money explaining why there's record scratches in the movie, including a part where the whole thing stops and a person walks out. We have Leonard Nimoy come out and explain what records were. (laughs) Yes, I understand you. (laughs) I'm Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) I've made several records, uh, records, including one where I rap about hobbits. Uh, So our main final girl, Renee Zellweger, is Jenny. Jenny is... uh, She's supposed to be the smart one, like she's the she's the ugly geek, but she is Renee Zellweger, so no. Yeah. Uh, and then she has her, like her hetero life mate Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Sean is Sean is the first to go, so he barely matters. Sean is 
a big pile of nothing. Yeah. He may as well just be a scarecrow that is propped up near these actors. He does he does serve as a canary in a coal mine for me in that he is the first person in the movie to die and it, it happens off screen and you're like, oh, oh, I oh get no, it. they didn't have a budget for effects, did they? Ooh. <laughs> and then, of course, she has her absolute fucking annoying most awful character friends ever uh heather and barry heather who is a ditz and a, self, a self-proclaimed bitch a self-described bitch because she takes after her dad who is a businessman and well she takes after her mom who is a bitch <laughs> maybe <laughs> she's just like her mother she's <laughs> never satisfied uh but yeah she we get a little story on heather of Oh, uh, I act stupid so that people will be around me, and I talk about a bunch of dumb shit because it's better than being boring. And also, my mom never leaves my shitty dad because my dad has money, and that's the way to go. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Do I, Heather? Yeah, and, and Barry is a cheating piece of shit. He's just a piece. He just does every like '80s or you know what? Let's just make it timeless. Every timeless abusive high school boyfriend thing. Oh yeah, the, the if I don't have sex. I'll get cancer from blue balls. Yes. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I need to have sex or else my hair will fall out. Oh, don't blame me. Blame the women who believed me. And you're like, fucking Christ, you are the worst. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's, uh, it, it, he keeps trying to Darvo as well. He keeps being like, like, uh, well, it's not my fault. I was kissing her. It's probably your fault for thinking you saw something. Yeah. The fact, the, one of the few things in here that's good is this all happens in a car as Heather is driving away after she catches Barry making out with some other girl and Jenny and Sean just happened to be in the back hiding. They were down low, but they were just smoking. They were yeah, down there. It's smoking not like weed. they were fucking or kissing or anything. They're just like, Oh, hi, we're also here. Yeah. And I like that Barry calls him out. Like, I know you weren't having sex back there. You were just back there smoking weed. And I'm like, dude, if they were hot boxing your fucking car, you'd notice immediately. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I do like about this scene though, is Jenny constantly calls yes. Barry on his shit. Every time he's like, well, no, see, that's just the problem with uh, the ladies who believe my lies. And she's like, no, that's awful. You're victim blaming. She's like, well, what about you and, and your relationship? You're trying to change the subject. Don't do that. I'm like, yes, Jenny, get him. <laughs> yeah. It's, it doesn't help, though, because he just steamrolls everyone. And, and Heather doesn't give a shit. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I know he's a cheater and a piece of crap, but apparently he has money and I have bought into the gold digger lifestyle. Yes, so... So uh, her, all of her call-outs amount to nothing and, and do not help. It also, is... Barry, one of the not only liar for sex, but liar for prestige, as we hear him say that his father is a doctor, so he knows about this sort of thing. And then later, his father is a lawyer, so he <laughs> he knows about getting uh, people in trouble. I really like that no one just caught, told him to, like, fucking jerk off when he was like, no, if I don't have sex call all the time, I'll get prostate cancer and die. And y even Heather buys it. She's like, well, what if he goes all bald and ugly and shitty? I, I should probably just let him have sex with me so he doesn't get cancer and turn ugly so I don't <laughs> like him. And I really just want Jenny to be like, he should just jerk off. If he, <laughs> if he just jerked off, everything would be fine. Uh, now these are, of course, our main four victims that are going to go in there. They, for some reason, take a random back road. There is yeah, they don't even mention that. It's like they don't even give us the little paean of a shortcut or anything. Oh yeah, They're every just... other film is like, oh, either someone is like, oh hey, you need to go over here because I'm a hitchhiker. You picked up. I'm going to tell you a shortcut or. 
oh, I'm gonna, someone's gonna tell you this road is closed up ahead, you need to go this way. Yeah, you need the harbinger. they just fuck off into the woods. They just go the wrong way for no reason, and they don't mention why they did that. There's just a point where one of them goes, like, I think we're going, like, the wrong way. We should turn around. And And then, fuck, Barry gets all mad. He's like, fucking, there's no fucking good places to turn around. Fuck! And I'm like, Dude, you're on an empty fucking forest road. Just do a three-point. You'll be yeah. just do a K-turn. You'll be fine. <laughs> Except this is the most fucking busy backwoods road I've seen in the Texas Chainsaw series because they immediately get into a car crash with some other random idiot. Yes. And then, like, throughout this whole thing, two different trucks and a motorcycle go by on this path. Yeah, yeah. It is sort of a weirdly busy little back road that goes nowhere. Um, it's, it's fucking stupid. I, I think my favorite part for Barry, the only line I kind of liked from him was the part where he accuses, uh, Jenny of like covering up too much. She's like, Oh I, yeah. Yeah. And then she, she's just like, like, what the fuck oh, are you going to find out that uh, you got tits? And Heather's like, God damn it. Barry's like, chicks got tits. Yeah. He just turns around and goes, girls have tits. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> his, his delivery is just like, girls have tits. <laughs> Like, he's just petulant about it. Like, what? I was just pointing out a fact that girls oh, have tits. What? Oh, what? What? Girls have tits. <laughs> the Lots of people have tits, Barry. <laughs> uh, could you milk me, Barry? I got tits. <laughs> so, the car crash happens in the backwoods, and a teenager gets out, and his only line is, I'm not hurt, which is also what he is credited as in the, the right. credits of this film. So some guy just gets out and is like, hey, I'm, I'm not hurt, and then passes out. So yes. now they have the dilemma of, not only do we have a car crash, we have someone to take care of. So let's split up, gang. Mm-hmm. Three of us are going to go searching for help, and Sean gets to stay behind, because he's not a real person. <laughs> he has no traits. We're going to prop Sean up here next to the car so people think someone's here. Yeah. Now, uh... Our our, our uh, remaining main characters go stumbling through the woods until they come to what I th- I think is supposed to be a a real estate office. It's, it's some ju- random <laughs> trailer office that you're like, oh, okay. If this was anywhere else, I would assume this was some sort of legitimate business. But it's just like, ah, oh, someone put an office in the middle of the woods and it sells nothing. Yeah, nothing <laughs> happens. The doors are open. There's a there's an '80s lady in here, and. Uh, you know, in classic fashion for these kinds of movies, she's just part of it. Spoiler alert, she's just part of the fucking family. Well, yeah, if you meet someone in the backwoods, congratulations. They're part of the family. They're just part of the family. But she is basically just sort of domineering and kind of has them all come in and then just immediately calls her boyfriend, I think, Vermin, Ver, Vilmer. Yeah, Vilmer, Vilmer Slaughter. Matthew McConaughey's Vilmer Slaughter, who... Uh, she originally is like, oh, I'm going to call up someone to tow the cars Mm -hmm. and calls up Vilmer. We don't know who Vilmer is yet. Yeah. And then it's just like, all right, you know, there you go, kids. Good job. And then someone (laughs) throws a brick through the window of this office and Darla, our office person here's response to is, oh, that's just either some farmers or some teenagers having some fun. I'm going to show them my tits. Yeah, she's like, I got to show them my boobs. And we get this close-up on a single boob profile. And you're like, why did we Why did we do that? What was the uh, point I, of this? I think it's mostly because all of her characteristics until this point have been like, she's a little steamrolly, and she won't stop talking to Jenny about how she has bolt-ons. Yeah, she catches Jenny staring at her tits. And she's like, best investment I ever made. Now everybody 
thinks they're a Don Juan coming to talk to me. Doubled my commissions in the first month. And you're like, oh, so it's you really are like a real estate agent or something. Okay. <laughs> that's what this weird office is that's open at like midnight for whatever reason. Oh, great. Thanks. Awesome. I mean, there always has to be someone who has a legitimate business in the family so that they can have some amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always amazing to me, especially in this one where Darla very clearly married into this family. Now, yeah. I do need to mention the fact that the family is normally the Sawyer family. Yeah. Uh, and now they're the Slaughter family for no reason. I, I part of me wondered if it wasn't because they were literally not allowed to call them the Sawyer. Like, this is even called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Part of me was like, Hooper called, was like, no, you can't call them. <laughs> that, that is the line. <laughs> no, fuck you. you no, can- instead it was just, Henkel had a, comedy background joke in the first Texas Chainsaw where the uh, original hippie kids go past a barbecue joint owned by W.E. Slaughter. Yeah, we slaughter his barbecue place. And then he just decided, oh, I'm going to make that guy be one of the guys in here. And then decided, fuck it, the whole family is the Slaughter family now. Except they also still have Leatherface. Also, they never say Slaughter at any point throughout the movie, so you just have to get that from the credits. Yes. <laughs> Uh, um, so, so yeah, she basically is trying to convince them to sit around and wait for the tow truck that's going to go help. Um, they ask about a person who lives across the street. They say the old man and she's like, no, he's fucking crazy. Don't go talk to him. So he'll shoot you rather than talk to you. Yeah. So she's, she's just playing the harbinger role for the movie. And now we get to watch the, the tow truck with Matthew McConaughey in it arrive. And this is where we start the, the whole uh, descent into, I don't want to say madness because this movie's too fucking boring for madness. I mean, let's just I'll say, say nonstop screaming. Matthew McConaughey swings for the fences here. Mm-hmm. Did he miss the ball on that swing? Yes, but Did he swings for the fences. I got to say, this is the second movie I've seen where he actually says, all right, all right, all right. Yes, which is, <laughs> I was like, is that is that why you said you were they were exploiting you? Because they made you say, all right, all right, all right. In a movie that came out two years after Dazed and Confused? I'm honestly kind of hoping he didn't say that for this movie, and they just patched it in with a voice <laughs> actor. In. Just ADR'd it in so they could have him do the line. <laughs> That's why I like killing little girls. <laughs> uh, but Vilmer shows up, and in, again, one of the few scenes in this that I like, when he goes up to the passed out kid, and he's like, oh, this guy's dead. And Sean's like, no, he's not. He's passed out. And he like puts his hand on his neck. He's like, no, this dude's dead. No, he's not snap yep he's dead now yeah i was like ah it's a good bit it's a good bit of business from a killer it's guy. a great spot uh, uh set up to establish that our main you know to, for, for sean to be terrified now like oh fuck you just killed a guy and he's like what the fuck do you want and he's like well i'm gonna kill you you know it's it, but then he has here's the problem vilmer's model for being a serial killer is to be a little philosophical but only stupid ha <laughs> Um, so everything he says is just gibberish. Like each one, each member of the family has their own blend of gibberish that they say. And it, it all supposed to sound, make, it's all supposed to sound like it's either very comedic or very deep. Like they're supposed to be saying deeper, but all of it's just bullshit. Oh yeah. I mean, Vilmer is like, oh, I'm the one that likes to toy with my kill. He's the same. Except sadist, he yeah. goes so far beyond the, the normal point that you would be like, Oh, normally when you're like, oh, someone likes to toy with the kill, the whole thing is the movie wants to invite you to have fun with the killer. They're doing something fun and goofy and they're enjoying it. But Vilmer's just sort of like, 
hey, I'm, I guess I'm going to try and get you. You better run. And I'm like, yeah. I don't care, man. And the, kid, the kid's just like, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, ah, it's different for every individual. And you're like, the fuck do you mean by that? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, but yeah, he basically just runs him down with his fucking tow truck. And and in a an example of how shitty this fucking movie is, we don't see Sean at all. We no. see the tow truck. He we, runs over Sean like back and forth about eight times on screen, never see a body or a tire hit anything. No, just the, uh, just shots from the cab. Yeah. And it's just like, why? This is a fucking Chainsaw Massacre movie. Isn't this supposed to be like gore and blood spray everywhere and shit? Yeah, in a good one. Like <laughs> like when we like when we try the uh, I don't even remember how Barry fucking dies. That's fine. I'm sure you're going to get into it. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to get across is. His death had so little impact because there's no visceralness no. to this movie at all that I don't fucking remember it. It was <laughs> there's a lot of things where like during the you know contractually obligated dinner scene that happens at every Texas Chainsaw, Heather is there, and I was like, oh shit, that's right, you're still in this movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, Vilmer also uh, of a note has a uh, leg, leg brace. brace that has a pneumatic like electronic it's setup win- to it, it. it it's winches it's not pneumatic it's just little winches that that uh that are electronic they're they're on servos they're on radio control airplane servos he's got but, like a little fucking hose tube going to it we never established what the fucking hose is i i maybe it's supposed to be a pneumatic air channeling tube but the noises it's making are all zzz, zzz, which yeah. is the noise that you get from fucking airplane servos exactly so and he can't control it normally. He has to use, like, TV remotes to control his own leg. Well, it's weird, because he's like, oh, he can do it normally until he can't. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But the other weird thing is, in Texas Chainsaw 3, for the first time, they were like, oh, we're going to put a leg brace much like this, except not, you know, motorized, on Leatherface. Like, that's going to be one mm. of his big things, is, like, you can hear him coming, not from the chainsaw, but from his leg brace. And then they just went, now, ah, let's put it on a different guy in this movie. Yeah. The, pro- the problem with Vilmer is that the movie just... Sets him up as a sadistic sadomasochist and stops there. They, like, what the fuck are you... T- was he, what's he talking about? What's he doing? What's he want? We don't know. He just wants to hurt other people and, and himself, and and that's it. That's as much as you're getting out of him. And I get it, because, again, I've never seen any of the TCMs before. Uh, I've never watched Turner Classic Movies. Not nope, even Not, not even a single once. one. But, uh, I, I mean, uh, can I ask you a few things? Sure. You know that scene in fucking Rick and Morty when they go to the planet where the sun just won't stop screaming and so they just leave and go to the corn planet? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, is Letterface always like that? Kind of. Because he just, in this movie... More in this. He is, uh, in every scene he's in, except for the dinner scene where he's briefly quiet, in every other scene, he is just doing one single nonstop scream. Every scene... You're like, how the fuck is he doing that? He's got like Frank Oz levels of Grover scream going. (laughs) It's all... He's his only character trait. Yeah, the... The weird thing for me is they also tend to muck with Leatherface, you know, characterization-wise in a lot of things, but normally he is, if not innocent, childlike. His whole thing is very much, and they do kind of do that here when he meets uh, Heather, because they go follow a truck to a house, and of course it's the fucking slaughterhouse. Yeah. Yeah. but when Heather's hanging out and he kind of like sees her, he just kind of gets behind her and he's like, oh, hair. And he's just like poking at a shiny thing that she's got in her hair. Yeah. And he normally that scream thing would be a, oh, someone's screaming at me. I'm freaking out because they're freaking out like that sort of I'm overwhelmed having too much uh, mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, he's overstimulated. overstimulated. Yeah. And 
that is one of those things where you're like, oh, okay, I can get that when it happens in other things. But in this, it does not matter. Like, you know, he is just like, oh, we started screaming? We do, we screaming now? Well, I'm not done. Every horror scene in this movie is every character in the scene screaming as loud as they can, one single note the whole time. And then somewhere, about 15 to 35 seconds into that scene of four characters, ah, just as loud as they can, they'll just drop some fucking heavy metal music in. <laughs> just all of a sudden, there'll be just 50 people screaming, and all of a sudden, kind of deep in the background, you hear, you're like, what the fuck? Why is that there? That is... That's just an extra sonic layer that this movie did not need. <laughs> I mean, if it drowns out everyone just yelling at each other, great. It doesn't. It's under it. Now, I got to say, the other the other thing is, going from three... So, I've watched the first three so far. Yeah. The third one is my favorite, and we get what Vilmer's character is in this uh, is... Vigo Mortensen in the third one. Jesus. And he's fucking great. And the <laughs> Sawyers are great because the family dynamic in the third one is, oh, we all love each other, but we are all very clearly like different sadistic kinds of- and going to murder someone. Yeah. But when it comes to each other, we're like, hey, leave your brother alone. It's like, oh, I got you a gift. I know you like tech. So I got you a cool thing that I found on a dead guy. Yeah. Like there's an interesting family dynamic. Whereas in this one, it is all. None of these people like each other. All of them are constantly screaming and hitting each other. It's very disjointed is what it is. Like half the time they're screaming and yelling and just swinging shit at each other. Every once in a while, they'll be like, hey, be nice to uh, be nice to leather. He doesn't know what he's do- by the way. His name's leather in this movie. Be nice to leather. You know, he, he doesn't know what's going on. Or the, the same guy who was in that scene being told to be nice to leather because he's hitting him with a fucking cattle prod over and over again. Later is like, hey, leather, I'm really sorry that they that the uh, that. Uh, Ver, Ver, Vilma ruined this lady's face. I know you wanted a new face, but hey, here's her shoes. That'll be nice for you, huh, buddy? And you're like, okay, I, you I, I, wa- I guess you want it to be a conflict about whether, like, these characters are volatile is what you're trying to get across. The movie's not long enough for that to convey. All it comes across as is random. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, as well, Darla being in on it, she is married to Vilmer, but Vilmer is just like, oh, I'm abusive and terrible and all hit and choke and fucking abuse and belittle Darla the whole time. And you're like, God, this is awful. Every single person in this is terrible to every other person in this. Yes. And and they all, she loves it. She loves being abused, but she likes pretending she has some level of power over it. So all of her lines are after like, she gets choked halfway to death. She'll come back in in sexier clothes and be like, you better be nice to me or I'll tell my daddy. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, just, just, just stop. There's none of this. None of this works. None of these characters have any charm or even any interest. You just spend the whole time being like, I wish I wasn't watching this. Anyway, uh, after Vilmer murders Sean and we get that nothing character out of the movie, uh, Darla, oh no, wait, I mean, Heather and mm-hmm. Barry end up at the slaughterhouse because they go chasing off after some vehicle that they see while uh, Jenny decides to go back to the crash site. Yes. Heather and Barry meet two of the Slaughter family. Heather gets... Leatherface. Chased by Leather. Just Leather in this. Yeah, well... He's different in every movie. He gets Leatherface in the first one, then Bubba, then Junior, and now Leather, because they can't decide what the fuck to call him. And in the third movie, it's called Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and they call him Junior the whole time. (laughs) And it's fucking stupid. Well, he does have a human skin mask. I guess he's still a Leatherface, even if that's not his name. And he's Leatherface in the credits for this movie, and they never call him Leatherface. They just call him (laughs) Leather. But yeah, he catches her and screams and runs around screaming at her. 
Meanwhile, uh, Barry gets cornered by W.E., perhaps the least interesting member of the Slaughter family. Yeah, his whole gimmick is he has a book of famous quotes somewhere that he has memorized. Yeah, so every line he has is just like, you know, oh, well, you should try to be on the outside of the castle if you're attacking. Uh, But if you really want to win, you should be on the inside of the castle. That's Confucius. Just that over and over again. It's just a ton of things where he's like, oh, well, you know, that was Machiavelli. Bet you didn't know that one. Mm, Old Billy Shakespeare. Great, my dude. As far as one note character traits i guess it certainly is one yeah it's certainly something where you it's the kind of thing you'd see someone doing in like a whose line is it anyway bit normally but in this it's good because the movie doesn't have enough time to give him there's too many characters in this family so just giving him a dynamic of oh he just quotes people and thinks it makes him deep is good enough yeah especially because all three of our main talking uh, villains have something that they seem to think makes them count as philosophically deep yes which so, is a, yeah, W.E. just holds Barry at shotgun point, and apparently they just stand in the backyard for the five-minute yelling chase scene between Leatherface and Heather, where they just go, ah, 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 at each other for a long, long time before he finally just puts her into a fridge and then puts a water puts heater a big or thing something. on yeah, it so that she's stuck in there. Uh, and, and then Barry gets chased into the house by W.E., but he thinks he gets one over on him because W.E.'s like, you just get in that fucking house. And he, he he just opens the door, closes it, locks it, and goes, ha-ha, dumbass, now I'm in your house and you're not. And instead of being like, oh, man, I should find a way out of here, he basically treats it like, oh, I'm perfectly safe now. Yeah. I'm going to wander around. Didn't you hear the screaming guy, you idiot? <laughs> you heard your girlfriend screaming for five minutes and then abruptly stop. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to call out to her like I just got home from a big day of business. He's like, hey, Heather, there's a guy out there with a gun. I locked him out. Should have seen it. It's pretty cool. I'm taking a piss. And I'm like, how are you this calm? <laughs> You're in a very clear murder house. And he just gets caught by Leatherface. Yeah. And, I do- and that's how he dies is reminiscent of a the death in the first one of just Leatherface comes out from off screen and hits him with a hammer and oh, he goes that's down. Right. It was a hammer hit. Yeah. He just goes down from a hammer hit. One thing I got. I got. I'm going to go ahead and break the seal on this fucking truth right now. There are no chainsaw kills in this movie. Yeah. No one even gets hit with a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's yeah. not a chainsaw massacre at all. Yeah, let me tell you something. Neither does that happen in three. Three has an entire scene where he gets a brand new chrome engraved chainsaw, and it is a huge centerpiece, and he never once kills anyone with it. Yeah, he runs around with it, sure, but he never gets anyone with it, and it's, it's you know, I don't even like torture porn or gore movies. It's good. They're not my thing. They give me anxiety. And even this, I was still like, what the fuck, man? This fucking sucks. Like... I didn't want to see gore, but now that I'm not seeing any, I'm like, okay, but you also did fail the brief. Yeah. The brief was that I should have been very uncomfortable, not bored. (laughs) Yeah, no. When you're making a Texas Chainsaw, man, you really need to actually, I don't know, murder a dude. Show it. Yeah. I mean, I'd say my my favorite, I mean, we've already, that's two extremely boring kills so far. Bloodless kills. We watch Sean get run over with a car, except we don't see it. We just see the inside of the car. We see this guy get donked on the back of the head with a hammer, vanish from the movie entirely, the end of that. Yeah, he pulls 
Heather out of the fridge where she was, and he's like, oh, I got a dead guy to put in there now. Yeah. So puts Barry in there and then hangs her up on a hook. He puts her on a fucking meat hook, and her response is just going to go, eh. Yeah. She eh. just grabs at the back of it and is like, oh. Eh. You're like, isn't you're that like, going- Man, you just Fucking five minutes screaming bloody murder, and now you get put on a fucking hook, and your response is, uh, really? <laughs> really? You didn't have any more in the chamber for that one? Yeah, maybe she's just into that. Maybe she goes to, like, suspension classes and shit. <laughs> I don't know, but but yeah, that, well, as soon as they fucking stick her back on a giant rusty meat hook, her response is to kind of... Dude, she has the same response you have if you have like a fucking rock in your shoe. Where you're just like, ah, man, I'm gonna take my shoe off. Oh, yeah, I was doing she something. Re- she responds physically to that the same way you would if a tag in your shirt was annoying you. Yes. It's like, uh, oh, I gotta reach back here. Oh, uh, I walked in a spider web. Eh. Uh, it's just that. It's fucking, it's fucking stupid. I'm, I, I was wondering, honestly, if the director had told her, like, oh, we're hanging you from a hook, and what she heard was, oh, my clothes will be hanging from a hook, so I'm gonna be momentarily inconvenienced. What? And he didn't bother to go, no, like, it sticks into your fucking spine. It's in your back. It, it's the most painful thing that will ever happen to you. Huh? And instead, he was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just react like you're mildly inconvenienced for a minute. Yeah, that's... <laughs> they got that take and went, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we cut over to Jenny, who is back at the car crash, who then <sighs> sees that both of the cars and the guys are gone. And is just like, all right, well, what the fuck? And then Vilmer shows up and is like, hey. Get in the car. Get in the car. And she's like, okay, but what happened? Are you the guy who took all the... People here, and he's like, I'm mysterious. Ooh, maybe I did. Maybe you should get in the car. And she's like, I don't, I'm not going to get in the car with a creep that won't answer any questions. And he's like, fucking fine. He starts trying to drive away, and she's like, okay, never mind, never mind. I'll get in the car. I'll do anything to win your approval. I was so angry, because given the scene in the backseat where she was like, I can 100% smell bullshit and call you out on it, Barry. Yeah. And then when Vilmer shows up, she's like, no, I'm not going to get in your fucking car. Give me a straight answer. I was like, fuck yeah, Jenny. That's a good final girl. And then the second he applies any pressure, she's like, oh, I cave. I'm I like, told God him. Damn it. <laughs> so she gets in the car and basically susses out. Well, doesn't suss out. She keeps trying to ask him. No, who the he fuck just he is. immediately is like, hey, did you know someone killed someone? That was very boring of them. They should have had a better kill. Anyway, that's your boyfriend yeah, back there. He has this fucking story about, he was like, oh, yeah, I heard a long time ago on one of these roads, you know, man, they like, like a man caught a little girl and he cut off both her arms and put her in a cauldron. And I was like, I hope that happened in one of the previous movies because no. that, that is not a good story. No. <laughs> no. Put her in a cauldron? What the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, it turns out he just has uh, Sean's body in the back and it is bloodless. It's just fine. It's been run over with a tow truck seven to ten times, but it's fine. Yep, he is fine. Not a spot on him there's not even a fucking tire track on him Mm -hmm. he is just hanging next to the other guy in the back and they're like oh you just look like you're having a nice little nap back there oh we are and she's like wait are you gonna kill me and he's like i don't know that's up to you that's up to you i'm gonna try and sound deep now what do you think's gonna happen huh the world is in your hands it's your life and i'm like stop being a motivational speaker my dude fucking knock it off you're not it, it doesn't work like, if they had been able to write him as being even partially deep with all of his random murder vibe thoughts, then fine. But they failed as, at writing this. Yes. And so he comes off as just sort of a weird lunatic. But she just gets out of the car and... And wh- this starts our first final girl circuit where she has to run from the car, then Leatherface shows up and chases her with a chainsaw, 
and she gets to go through the woods, then into the house, upstairs, downstairs, through an upstairs window, through the roof, onto a power line. Mm-hmm. That into gets cut down into a, into a greenhouse, out the greenhouse, back into the woods, and finally back to Darla's place. And I'm like, all right, that would have, in any other movie, been the climax film of the film where the final girl's like, oh, I've got to get away from the killer. Except they just did it 40 minutes in because who gives a shit? Well, because they didn't provide enough murder victims. No, they were like, oh, we offed everyone off real quick. Yeah. Like, I mean, technically, uh, Heather is alive through almost the entirety of the film. Oh, yeah. But she is barely conscious for most of it, so she doesn't really matter. So really, all you really get is it's just Jenny at this point that they could possibly kill. So you stop. The the tension goes away. You're just like, oh, well, our final girl is already the final girl. 40 minutes into this hour and a half movie. I don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) And of course, Darla then calls W.E. who shows up and cattle prod whips her. Not even zaps her with a cattle prod, just hits her with it. Yeah. Gets her into the back of Darla's trunk. And Darla's like, anyway, I'm going to go pick up some pizzas. <laughs> Tell Vilmer I'll be home soon. Yeah. And then we get a completely pointless scene of her driving to go get pizza. The cops showing up behind her in the drive through pizza joint, which, ew. Yeah. And they don't act so high and mighty. There's one right next to your house. Ew. <laughs> Dri- drive through pizza places? No. There is. There's one right next to your house. Giant Pizza King is a drive through pizza place. There's a little fucking hole on the side of their wall and a window. This is super minor detail, folks. Wow, really? It does not matter. But yeah, that little pizza place that you have to get to to drive from my house to your house, uh, house is drive is a uh, drive through. Huh. Neat. Yeah, I think you have to call in because it's just one window. Yeah. But I've I, I've never tried because their pizza is disgusting. <laughs> no, their pizza's fine. It's great. <laughs> You've never I'm had sorry. their pizza. You, you know don't what? Know. I, I think I might be mixing them up with one of the other places also called Giant Pizza. Look, there are. <laughs> There's there's Giant Pizza King, Giant New York Pizza, New York Giant Pizza, Giant Bronx Pizza, Giant Bambino's Pizza. Yeah. There are a lot of Giant New York-esque pizzas. Yeah, so I might be mixing it up with one of them. I definitely have had bad pizza in your house. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, WE shows up, has some fucking quotes. They yell at each other because no one in this family, especially WE and Darla, do not like each other. No, WE... Hates Darla, I guess, for marrying into the weird family. Yes. Here's another thing. When we do finally get uh, Jenny home and Darla brings her back, uh, they have pizza, which is one of the things that was lampshaded in an earlier movie where they were like, ah, well, you know, why?" like they get asked, why are you killing people? They're like, we got to eat. And they're like, haven't you fucking heard of pizza? And so in this time, they're like, oh, we're not cannibals anymore. We've absolutely gotten rid of an entire core concept of Texas Chainsaw that they are cannibals. And instead are just like, oh, no, they just murder people because because and I'll go ahead and say this. This movie has a weird Illuminati subplot. Yeah, that was uh, OK. Uh, this is another example of the movie making a feint towards something interesting and then failing it. There is a bit midway through where Darla, who is whose heart is not quite as in all this dumb murder shit as everyone else in the in the, it's actually one yeah, of the, she's nice to Jenny yeah, mostly, but she won't rescue anyone. No, because she's out. She's very self serving and out for her own interest, so she won't help people, but she will talk to them and generally be nice to them. There's even my favorite scene in the whole fucking movie is the part where she's driving along with Jenny in her trunk and she passes Heather almost dead on the road <laughs> and comes out and just starts hitting her with a. She comes out and she's like, "Oh, you're alive," and then she just goes back to her car 
car, comes back with a stick, and just starts half-heartedly hitting her with a stick. The And Heather's just like... The hitting don't. Heather with a stick thing is the most hilarious thing, because you just... I cannot tell you how gently she donks Heather of just like, yeah, meh. And Heather's like, stop. Don't no. hit me. Don't, no, don't. Come on. Don't, don't, don't hit me. And she's like, okay. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll go get someone. <laughs> And that's all it is. And she's just like, oh, I won't hit you. That was like the best part of the movie was just Heather being like, oh, don't hit me. Okay. Uh, but she has a conversation with Jenny when they get back to the house where she's like, okay, you have to understand. Vilmer's under a lot of pressure because of his job. He works for the people in charge. Who do you think killed Kennedy? The government? No, that's bullshit. It's these people. It's these and no one knows their names. Mysterious murder people that are super secret. And you're like, oh, I get it. So... So and her- Wilmer himself is like, do you think, do you not think this place is under 24-7 FBI surveillance? Do you not think that this whole place is wired and bugged? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think that. No, I actually, think you live Wilmer. in a creepy hobo murder house. So I get that. That was them playing up like paranoia, like the two. Yeah, the her, whole his like, paranoia and her gullibility was yes, what it was supposed to be. Because it's supposed to be in this one, Wilmer going away from the cannibal, like hillbilly concept and going to the like backwoods government conspiracy type yeah. thing. Yeah. Except that halfway through the movie, a, a fucking Illuminati man shows up. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, wait, is this actual then? Is is all the shit that they were saying right? No. No, it isn't. He's just another weird, random fucking murder man. He might be. We he might, might be. be the Illuminati. We don't get the establishment of it because the movie wants to be over by that point. <laughs> so so it's just, it's just some horse shit. But yeah, she's just like, yeah, I can't help you because, you know, he's one of the invisible people who kill people when they're yeah. supposed to. He work, He works for the Illuminati, and so, you know, it's also, just... Also, he put a big old bomb in my brain, and if I don't do what he tells me, he'll blow my goddamn head clear off. And, you'll, it, and I like that that's, that's the return of Jenny's... Like, no, he doesn't like, no, do no, shit to you. Fucking nothing in your head. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I do enjoy the there's nothing in your head and W going, yeah, that's some words of wisdom right there. And I'm like, ah, get it. <laughs> get him. <laughs> get him, W.E. <laughs> You're the worst character here and you still managed to get yours a little bit. <laughs> but yes, uh, this will kick off an extended bit in the house where Vilmer just... I guess they just turned the camera onto Matthew McConaughey and were like, hey, can you be weird for a while? And just they're like, do whatever. How, how weird? And they're like, I don't know, just whatever. Just, well, what if I, should I be like, I'm cut myself levels of weird? Sure, why not? Am I conspiracy levels of weird? Sure, why not? Hey, Vilmer, would it be fine if the only blood we saw ever in this Chainsaw Massacre movie was yours? Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. And also, what if it was almost entirely self-inflicted wounds? Yeah, that's fine, too. Yeah, we're great. We yeah. love it. Any other blood in the movie at all? No, just Vilmer's. Ugh. You never see anyone else's blood. Yeah. I mean, the only on-screen death we have is fucking the dude who got his neck snapped by Vilmer at the start because you can just shake a guy's head and be like, uh, we put a neck snap noise in. Yes. Yeah. So that that's the one kill that's on but screen. But still bloodless. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is pathetic. We have... Well, no. Vilmer's death does have some blood. Oh, yeah. That was going to say, almost all of his blood is self-inflicted. Not all. Not all. That said, it might as well be because his death is fucking the most left-field bullshit in the movie. Absolute horseshit. But we will get to it. Yeah. Anyway, Vilmer just takes this point to be like, I'm going to not torture Jenny, but just taunt her and fuck with her. They bring out Heather, uh, who had crawled away. The fa- honestly, the fact that Heather had the upper body strength to pull herself off of a meat hook and crawl away and get down the road, I'm like, shit, Heather, 
you had more going on than I thought. Yeah, it was just her but mistake just, for crawling down the road. That yeah. was that was probably the big mistake she I made mean, there. Fucking Vilmer chases people down with his truck three times in this, and every time no one's like, "I'm going to take three steps to the left and go into the trees." No, Jenny, Jenny gets it once. Je- there's one. She scene- still goes through the fucking like open field before no, she gets there. No, I know, there. but there is a point where he pulls up in his truck and she's in the woods, and he's like, "Hey, come on back out of there," and she's like, "No," and he's like. Fine, fuck you then. This is the way you want it? That's the way it's going to be then. Fine, all right, I don't care. Fuck you. And all he's really doing is like, all right, well, then Leatherface is going to chase you around the forest because that's nice and cheap to film. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that that's what he means by like, fine, you have it your way. So, yeah, they bring Heather back in and Vilmer bites her face in a way that we do not see because they are unwilling to show us what actually happens. We know it's probably ruined for Leatherface's purposes, but other than that... Yeah. Now, Leatherface in this, uh, after his initial scene where we see him, where he is in his sort of bog-standard button-down shirt that's very dirty and some khakis, an apron, and a leather mask, Mm -hmm. after that, he just wants to be a lady. Yeah. He has a mask that looks like like a wrinkly old mother and is wearing old lady clothes for this scene. And then for the dinner scene that follows this, he puts on not only a sexy lady mask, but like a cleavage full, breastplate. Yeah, just goes like full would you fuck me i'd fuck me yeah it's it's almost like this movie came out was filmed in 1994 and silence of the lambs was made in 1991 weird that almost like that <laughs> but yeah and then he has like a sexy little dress that he puts on and this is the first time that that has ever been a thing yeah in the first three movies leatherface is just some guy and that's it and now they're like oh no leatherface is basically trans and i'm like all right okay it's just it, it, it's kind of bad because here's leatherface is always of the of the major cinematic famous repeat offender serial killer monsters he's the one where you're always like wait is he supposed to be like on the spectrum is he there's what, what a we, lot of we, issues that happen because as well when you do the like hillbilly horror you're like oh we're saying that anyone who is poor or disfigured is a monster and you're like this is not Good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Neither anyway you slice it, it he do, he doesn't come off as a very well thought out character. But making and it, in this, they were like, oh, he's not just autistic; he is also trans. And you're like, uh, all right, yeah. It's just like, oh, you, hey, do you guys like Buffalo Bill? Right, that like an Oscar or something, right? Well, he's that. He's fucking Buffalo Bill. He's also he's whatever. He's whatever. <laughs> anything we think will we can do for six hundred thousand dollars. It's true. Yeah, and that is another thing with this film franchise that I'm like. There is a reason that people fucking loved Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's because their killer was England every time in a consistent role, whereas Leatherface never played by the same person more than once. Wow. And they constantly change his characterization in every single film. Which is, he has barely had, the only characterization he has in this movie is screaming and drag, and it's, you know, monster drag, where he's wearing, like, human skin. It's Ed Gain drag. Yeah. And so it's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't have any sort of connection or give a fuck about it is because as well, he's not even like front and center. No. Not only does he not have enough personality or enough consistent personality between films for me to care, 
But they're also like, oh no, he's never the main person. Like Vilmer is the main person here and fucking Vigo Mortensen is the main person in the third one. Which is fine. It's fine. You know, I get why they would do that. It's neat to have this kind of guy just kind of be like the weirdest member of the family and the heavy, but not really the one who's making the decisions. Except they keep being like, Nah, Leatherface. We're going to name movies Leatherface and talk about Leatherface because he's the only one that is visually distinct. I mean, that's just brand recognition. That's just like how Jason, once he once they figured out people like the hockey mask, they were like, well, that's, that's set in fucking stone now. Which took fucking three movies to get to. I know. I know. I, I, I'm not saying it's... I'm just... Uh, also, isn't that almost always Kane Hodder? Like, I think there's only been like uh, tw- twice from, or... From... Uh, movie six on, I believe. Oh, okay. I think six through ten, it's Kane I don't, Hodder. It's, it's not like Kane Hodder is no Robert England. Like, there's, no. There's, 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 Robert England is really. A- when people think of Jason, a lot of the mannerisms and things Jason does is based on Kane Hodder's work. Yeah. Like when you watch early films, you're like, oh, they do a lot more of like. He doesn't do the teleporting thing. You see him fucking chasing after you from way back in the woods. Okay. He's a regular guy. Kane Hodder established when he started as like, I'm not going to run. That's a thing Jason doesn't do. Mm -hmm. Jason is very just like methodical. He is a plodding murder machine. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you gave him a personality. And from that point on, it became a thing Mm -hmm. that never really happens yeah, I mean, this. I, I knew, like I said, I haven't seen another, any of these movies before, but I did know going in that Leatherface is not usually the main character, unless it's that one movie where it's like his origin story and shit. Um, well, I mean, given I think there are at least three Texas Chainsaw movies called Leatherface or that have the word Leatherface in yeah. the title. No, I'm not I'm not saying, uh, what I'm saying is I, I, I came into it knowing he is rarely the main character. Yes. And I actually kind of found that in like an idiosyncrasy that I appreciated about the movie. I was like, oh, it's named after this one dude. He's always there. He's kind of the most permanent member of the family, but he's not the most important member of the family at any time. No, there's always a villainous member of the family, except for the first one. Yeah. And he is usually the like, oh, I'm here. But someone is usually directing thing yes but the, the problem i have with him is that once you strip away the the uh the the little bit of personality and like the chainsaw dance and so on from him all you have left is a collection of mental health red flags yeah he is just yeah. he's just a walking pile of like whoops shouldn't have put that in a movie yeah uh anyway we get our dinner scene yeah and he's it, He's well behaved as Leatherface in his in his uh, woman mask. Yeah, he's now in his super sexy lady getup, yeah. and that I guess makes him feel very nice. And so he is no longer screaming constantly. Yeah, and W E is just complaining constantly about Darla to Grandpa, who I understand is a regular character in these, but in this he's just a corpse joke. It's it is amusing to me because Grandpa is also occasionally a corpse joke, where they're like. In the third one, it was like, ah, oh, here's Grandpa. We need to feed him. And they poured, like, blood into a very obviously dead person's mouth. Mm-hmm. And in the other ones, he's also like, oh, he's a 100-something years old, but he's barely alive. Yeah. And in this one, <laughs> instead, it's just, oh, it's a fake out. There are a bunch of dead bodies at the table, and you think that this old guy is also one of them. But no, he's alive, and he fucking leaves. Yeah, there's a scene where he gets up, he picks up a big old carving knife, and he walks out of the room. He walks out of the movie. You never see him again. You don't know why he picked up that. It didn't even happen in a moment that was a shock event. Like, other shit was happening. Oh, yeah. And he just, just gets up and walks off in back screen. It's one of those scenes where, like, Vilmer's being stupid to Jenny. And he just kind of goes, yeah, I've had enough of this. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yeah, dude, I get I it. I would also walk out of this movie if I was allowed, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we have a dinner scene. And the dinner scene 
again, because they get rid of the cannibal thing, that's not an actual thing here. Instead, it's just, all right, we're going to have dinner, which is pizza, but also I'm mostly going to, I guess, yell at you? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go anywhere or establish anything or do anything no, it's just, until the Illuminati show yeah, up. Yeah, it's just him trying to be deep at, at, Heather, at uh, Jenny over and over again. Or uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, He's just like, hey, what do you think is going to happen? Are we having fun yet? What do you think I'm going to do next? Oh, I'm going to do something weird. All right, all right. And you're like, uh, he literally says, all right, all right. I'm not just making that part of a McConaughey impression. Yes. Um, But... Uh, and she just at a certain point she just loses interest so she's just like i don't fucking care are you gonna kill me that's the only thing i give a shit about you suck you suck <laughs> you're yeah. cool grandpa fuck you in particular just kill me if you're gonna yeah, this is we fucking have a, boring we have a final girl break moment where she's like oh i flipped i've stopped giving a fuck i'm no longer scared and yelling she just sort of stands up and is like I'm going to leave. Yeah. And you can kill me or you can fuck off. And Leatherface is like, ah, and starts yelling. She's like, no, shut the fuck up and sit down. And indeed he does. Yeah. He just goes, and sits back down again. She's like, I have had it and I am out. And that is when the Illuminati shows up and our weird business guy, Mr. Rothman shows up and is like, Hey, you, you fucked up Vilmer. You're supposed to be, Showing them the meaning of horror. Instead, you are acting a silly boy. You're not. You're not going to be a silly boy, are you? You are act. And then he grabs him by the nuts and demands answers to that. It just goes on forever. And then he, you know, basically uh, Heather or, or Jenny sees him and is like, "Oh, good, my 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 rescue." And he's like, "Yes, everything that's happening to you is terrible and bad. But do sit down because it's going to keep happening exactly the same. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure you can see my gross scarification and piercing stomach." Look, I've I've obviously called the Cenobites before, mm-hmm. so here's my weird nonsense going on. <laughs> yeah, he's got like he like has a scarification maze on his stomach and a bunch of piercings under that, and then he just licks Jenny's face and is like. Anyway, that was it for me. Bye. Yeah, he does. He stops on the way out and grabs. This is when he grabs Vilmer by the nuts. And he's like, are you going to do what you're supposed to? Or are you going to be a silly boy? And and Vilmer and just, the, just, just the same point, shit. It, it did nothing. Vilmer sets Heather, who is technically still in this movie on fire. Mm-hmm. Who Darla then <laughs> puts her out. Still not dead <laughs> is Heather until he finally walks over and uses his cyber leg to off screen, crush her skull. Probably we assume we have to assume because everyone's screaming about it. It was definitely a bad event that happened. Yeah. We hear a crunch. We hear the servos whining. It's uh, we've been skipping over the leg shit because there's a there's a sex scene between him and fucking Darla. I mean, there is no sex scene. Well, there's a sort of a psychosexual fucking around. Yeah, there's but not a slapping and kissing scene. Yeah, where where he, she comes in, in in her regular outfit, but she's added a bunch of like stripes and straps to it, so it looks more like lingerie. And she keeps using a controller to fuck with his legs, so he can't get quite at her, and she keeps kicking him away and be like, "Come on, is that all you got? Aren't you gonna fuck me?" And then she like makes him fall down again because of his leg, and it goes on for forever. But now in the in the in this scene, after he uses his mecho leg to kill Heather. Je- Jenny gets her hands on a controller and is using it to escape from him. Yes. In a a scene of her trying to escape from Vilmer, where no one is stopping her except herself. Yes. Where she's just like on the floor and refuses to scoot or get up. And it's just like, no, if, if this person is able to touch me, I'm not allowed to move. Yeah. So just keeps fucking with his leg until finally he's like, oh, I'm going to use both hands to mess with it. And she gets up and runs away where we get our 
final final girl circuit uh-huh where she manages to run away and she runs gets to daylight somehow it is she has been in this fucking house so long that it is now morning mm-hmm. and a an old couple in an rv drinking bloody mary's comes across her as she runs through a field and is like Huh? Oh, don't stop the car for her, this person in distress, until they finally see that Leatherface is chasing her and are like, oh shit, some monster with a chainsaw is trying to murder her. Okay, get her in the car. They never do stop the RV. They just no. pull her into a moving RV. Which is a good choice. You yeah. don't want to stop when a guy with a chainsaw is ch- nope, chasing after for you. for sure. Although the other thing I found funny about them is that the, the woman in the couple never gets a name, but she only calls the husband Mr. Potter. Oh yeah, well, and he calls her Mrs. Potter. Yeah, they just call, oh, here's your Bloody Mary, Mr. Potter. And even in the scene where they're, like, fucking terrified of Leatherface and trying to escape for their lives, she's like, drive faster, Mr. Potter. And I'm like, you know, you know, you call your husband Mr. Potter as, like... Like, that's a fun little pet name when you hand him his drink. That's an affectation. You don't call him that when you're like, drive so we don't get killed with a chainsaw. Yeah, if I'm trying to yell out, oh my god, we're going to die, die go faster, I'm not going to be like, hey, schmookumpoos, you should go faster. No, that's not going to be foremost on my mind. It's definitely one of those examples of characterization where you know the actor was like, do I still call him Mr. Potter? And they're like, please read the script directly. (laughs) No changes. No improv. But Leatherface manages to get onto Vilmer's truck and they menace them. Like immediately. Yeah. Vilmer's truck, nowhere in sight. But the second that Jenny gets into this RV, he immediately pulls up having joined the back of fucking Vilmer's tow truck. Yeah. And you're like, where did that come from? What the fuck is happening in this movie? And that's not even the worst vehicle out of nowhere in this. No, not even close. So they, Leatherface menaces them with a chainsaw enough that they go off road, hit a thing and flip the RV. Yeah. We have no idea what happens to the couple in there, but nope. Jenny manages to get out. She gets out and stands on the roof as they drive around screaming and whooping and wick, uh, flinging chainsaws. And then she gets jumps down and starts running again. And, and then this North point, by Northwest shows up. Yes, at this point, an old crop duster is flying around nearby. And so as they're chasing her through an open field, we see repeated shots of just this random old crop duster flying around. And then at North by Northwest, where it comes down and chases them a little bit, and it just... Buzzes Vilmer's head. It just chops Vilmer's throat open with its plane parts, and he just falls down and dies, and you never see the wound, and you don't see why that happened. And even the people in the movie are like, what the fuck? Yeah. Fucking Leatherface. Of all people to react to anything in a way where where he has like a moment of gravity, he just kind of goes, what? Yeah. He doesn't have nonverbal, so he just kind of goes, tilts his head, but. Oh, yeah. He makes some some noises and grunts, but he's like, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, same. Yeah, I, same I hat, it. my friend. <laughs> Jenny, who almost also got hit by this crop duster, is like, what the fuck just happened? And that is when the Illuminati limo shows up and she gets in and Rothman's in there and is just like, hey, I want to apologize about everything that's been going on. And I'm like, oh, you're the director standing. You want to apologize for this movie? I get it. Okay, I understand. Please call me Alan Smithy. <laughs> And he's just like, this was supposed to be a spiritual experience, but they fucked it up. Anyway, would you like to go to the police or the hospital? And that is when she goes to the hospital and sees the uh, final girl from the first film Mm -hmm. being wheeled by on a stretcher, all catatonic or whatever, as a police officer just keeps asking her, what the fuck happened? What happened, ma'am? You got to tell me what happened, ma'am, what happened? But she's too busy being dumbfounded at the fact that. A woman that she's there's no way she's ever seen before. 
Yeah. You're like, oh, hey, here comes this lady. She's definitely someone I know from the first Texas Chainsaw, for sure. And hey, you know what, lady? Same. I've never seen that lady either. That meant nothing to me. Oh, of course. And obviously, we cut back to uh, Leatherface doing the chainsaw spin move from oh, the yeah, end of all the, of I have to imagine that was a reshoot, so they're like, oh, fuck, we forgot to put the thing in where Leatherface does his little dance with a chainsaw at the end. Yeah, oh, screams. let's do that. Yeah, we're going to get back in there and have him do that. Well, why the fuck would he do it? I don't know. He's sad about Vilmer or something. It's fine. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't know. He just, he just spins around and has a chainsaw. Who gives so, a fuck? Sometimes he just needs to get out. He wants to... Get, this is why you don't take boys up with you on on girls' night. He just wants to get out there and fucking dance. Look. just I just want to dance, okay? And I was... I was waiting. I was waiting so hard for any explanation of this fucking crop duster. I wanted yeah, right? I wanted that to land and have like the Illuminati guy. Have the Illuminati guy. Sean. Have have one of the old final girls from one of the other films show up and be like, "Fuck you. You can't do this to people." Anything. Anything at all aside from just no, a plane showed up. A plane ex machina was like, "Hey, what's up?" Anyway, I'm out. Bye. What the fuck, movie? You killed your main villain with a random plane. It just flies away. It doesn't even land. God damn it, film. What is wrong with you? <laughs> how do you think they were like, okay, how do we resolve this? Is she going to have to turn around and fight both of them? That's going to be hard. And they're like, uh, I, just have, have, her, have a fucking airplane hit Vilmer. Just yeah. Vilmer, though, because we're not allowed to kill Leatherface because he has to be in the next one. Whatever. He, he dies in at least two of the prequels to this. <laughs> Ugh. Well, maybe they, well, you can't kill Leatherface because we haven't filmed his special dance, and he got to put it in here. Look, we haven't done the dance yet. You can't kill him until we do the dance. <laughs> no, I think Kim Hankel was just like, dude. You know what I always wanted to do was film one of those North by Northwest shots. Yeah, I want to make North by Northwest. I feel like as an auteur director, you know, I helped I've write the first. This. I, I helped write the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Seminal work. <laughs> Did I also work on uh, on Manos: The Hands of Fate? You can't prove I didn't. <laughs> It was also Texas. Oh, God. And that's it. That's where it ends. That's the end of the movie. It's mm -hmm. just fucking Sally Hardesty from the first film gets apparently recognized by Jenny. And that's it. That's also, it. the person wheeling her is the person who played her brother in that film. I guess they just both wanted to be in this. They've just got I caught. guess. Hey, you want to be in one of those Texas chainsaw? You don't got to do anything. And you, you work for like 35 seconds and you get paid a couple hundred dollars. Look, I'm not going to tell you we're paying you like scale or anything. This movie has the budget like of a, a, a Hardee's, like, <laughs> like an like just just a Hardee's restaurant. It has the same budget as that. For like it has a year. the petty cash of a Hardee's. Uh, yeah, so I, I can give you guys a ride to and from the studio, and if there's any pizza left after the mur the uh, the dinner scene, you can have like your pick yeah, of the slices. The reason we did pizza for the dinner scene is because that was also doubling as catering. God, you gotta Look, hope we not. double up everything because there's only one shot of pizza in the movie, and it's Illuminati guy picking up two floor slices and throwing them back on a plate. Hey, no, we do get a full shot of a pepperoni pizza when Darla takes it out of a oh yeah, little yeah. oven. But by the time the Illuminati guy picks them up they are so cold and old that they look like just cardboard cutout pictures of pizza <sighs> oh all right my god this is so fucking bad okay let's go ahead and get into our bests and worsts for this film jeff i'm gonna start 
Because I want to give you time to try and think about the best my favorite thing in the movie. Oh, really? What's yeah. the best thing? My favorite. I said it earlier. It was the part where Darla is just lying. Or we're not. Where Darla hits Heather with a stick. Oh, yeah. And Heather just goes, eh, "Don't hit me." Oh. And she goes, "Fine." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "That's the best part." Is her just limply hitting Heather with a stick, and Heather being like. Heather's desperate, hanging out on meat hook, nearly dead, scared out of her mind. Just kind of goes, come on, don't hit me. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and it's not like Heather is putting any sort of, like, business on it. She's just like, yeah. eh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eh. yeah. Darla. Yeah. So that was my favorite part. What about you? Uh, Girl's got tits. Girl's got tits. <laughs> just a random Barry. God damn it, Barry. Barry had two good lines for an absolute piece of shit character that you were like, I want him to have a good death because he's like, obviously. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. So you're like, oh. You're the character that we, the audience, are rooting for your death. Yeah. Nah, conked on a hammer. Conked with a hammer, disappears from the movie. No, Nothing to worry. Just yeah, don't gone. even see his dead body after he gets no. donked. But he gets he has two good lines. The other one being when he jumps into the building and locks it in front of W.E. and just goes, Hot dumbass, I'm in your house. <laughs> He's like, he has two good lines, but otherwise it's just near demo piece of shit with not a good death. Yeah. Fucking The girl's got tits shit. is your favorite? All right. No, I mean, honestly, my favorite thing... <laughs> It's got to be the, oh, get on a meat hook. (laughs) That scene, when I was watching this today, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I backed it up. I backed that scene up just to see if they'd hung her by her clothes to explain it. Because I was like, look at it. I was like, oh, wait, no. Matthew McConaughey's noise when he jumps off the roof onto the car when Jenny is trying to get away. When he's like, (laughs) there's also all the parts where there's a part where she tries to shoot him with a shotgun, but it turns out there's only one shell in it and she pulls the wrong trigger or something. And he gets a hold of the shotgun and just goes, whoopity doobity doo. Oh, he, (laughs) at what point does his best Tusken Raider, as he gets it, he's like, yeah. So he just makes a lot of fucking weird noises, and I can see that being your yeah. favorite thing. McConaughey's dumbass noises, sure. Largely because his noises are noises and not just yelling, round, loud screams that somehow summon bad heavy metal. Huh? Can we just go ahead and say, like, I, I'm going to put this... Well, is your worst thing going to be bad heavy metal? No, no, this movie's got so much worse than that. But I want to point out that this movie keeps doing the heavy metal needle drop in the middle of already going scenes. There is no mark of a bad movie worse than when the only shit on the soundtrack is tuneless heavy metal. Yeah, lyricless heavy metal. Yeah, if that's what they have in your movie, it's it, this movie is garbage. No one uses good... Either the movie is about heavy metal and it's fine, like a deathgasm or whatever. And even then, they're probably spending money on actual heavy metal yes. and not just like, we went to the free music archive, put metal in, yeah. and grabbed the first result. When, when a movie has heavy metal playing or deathy style heavy metal playing just tuneless and artless in the middle of the scenes it's because someone on the movie probably a director or something is a big fucking metal head and not because it fits the movie that's the only reason it's ever there uh anyway what is the worst thing in this movie this for you? fucking metal <laughs> this metal i wear for no, honor i mean i i'm probably gonna say it well obviously it's the lack of special effects and gore Oh, man. Every death in this movie is fucking off screen. Even the big one for Vilmer when he gets hit by the plane is it's got the it's got less blood to it than the Indiana Jones guy getting hit by a plane propeller. Like if you can't if you're making a gore porn horror movie and you can't do the gore level of the first Indiana Jones, then you don't do that. You do something else. Yeah. The first two Texas Chainsaws when it was Toby Hooper, the NBAA was like, Hey man, we're gonna rate this X, and he went. How about you rate it fucking nothing? Go fucking eat a dick. It'll be unrated. Yeah. Because he was like, I'm gonna make the movie I want to make. Yeah. And then by the time he got to three, it was bought by fucking New Line Cinema, who went, 
here's a budget. Also, you're not allowed to piss off the MPAA, so don't show anything. Yeah. And then in this one, they were like, don't show anything. Right. We got the memo. Understood, sir. We will show nothing. Yeah. You'll never see a kill. It's fucking, it's a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, and it, that sucks. What's your least favorite thing? Who, baby, there's a lot here. Honestly, the the lack of actually being able to show anything is, of course, awful in a movie like this. I want to say I kind of hate, especially coming off of three and coming to four, is the portrayal of the Sawyer family. Because even in... The who? <laughs> yeah, the Slaughter family. Thank you. As they are in this one, which also, fucking God, the portrayal of the family... Overall, changing it from Sawyer to Slaughter, making it so that instead of, even though they're kind of antagonistic, like the other movies show, yeah, this is a family, they love each other, and they'll rib each other like family members do, but they save all of their like vitriol and masochism for the victims. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like, man, you do more to fuck with your family than you do the people you are trying to murder. This is awful. <laughs> yeah, it's just not fun. It's just, There's no fun to this movie. There's never a part where you're like, oh, I'm enjoying this. Like, this is an artfully creepy c dinner scene or something. Yeah. No, every scene is just people screaming and rolling around. It, it, never, it never elevates beyond that level. When you have a movie like this, you really do need to go in one of two ways. Either, like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was like, it's very gritty- it's very nasty it's and guerrilla filmmaking. In yeah, that it's, case. yeah, it's the kind of thing where you're like, I feel uncomfortable watching it because it's very brutally filmed. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, we'll do that. And then the second one was like, oh, we went full fucking goof them up comedy styles. Yeah. And at least then you're like, oh, these people are having fun with it. Yeah. You want to be able to get some experience out of this, whether it's being scared or having fun and sort of enjoying the like, you know, like the later Saw films or Final Destination. We're like, what dumb Rube Goldberg machine is going to murder someone? Right. But in this, it's just this joyless slog through a film that hits necessary ch Texas Chainsaw beats without doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's basically the sh a shadow of the original movie. And I haven't even seen the original movie. Ugh. It. I can just tell. Much it's like I've never annoying. stared directly at the sun, I can recognize an eclipse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go. Let's go ahead and rate this film. We will each give it a rating from 0 to 5 to give this movie a rating out of 10. Jeff. One. This sucks. <laughs> there was like two funny bits and there was no good gore. It's it's way down. It's at the level of some of the worst horror you've made me watch. Yeah. So it's a one for me, dog. I'll give it a one and a half. Yeah, go ahead. I've... Honestly, the point five is coming from at least like while McConaughey didn't, like I said before, he swings for the fences even if he misses the ball. Like he's trying. Sure. And there are some actors in here that are trying and <laughs> God bless him. It doesn't work. No, but this is just a crap movie yeah i agree with matthew mcconaughey and i would have sued them to to try and make it, it, please do not show yeah, this to people if i had not been 16 at the time i would have been like no i'm i'm filing a lawsuit don't put that in theaters oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah there you go two and a half out of ten next generation texas chainsaw massacre widely considered the worst probably is <laughs> and uh yeah 
I will continue watching these. Uh, if you want to go over to systemmasterypodcast.com during the month of October, I do Horrortoberfest where I review 31 horror films for the month. Mm -hmm. uh, this month I have been doing franchises that I haven't looked at, so I have an entire look at the Friday the 13th films that I never bothered watching before, mm -hmm. uh, which have both very interesting highs and lows to them. Sure. And uh, currently, right now, we are going through, well, not we, I'm going through Texas yeah, Chainsaw Massacre. I don't, do, I don't do this shit. Yeah, you, God, <laughs> God bless that you aren't watching the rest of these, because this is a franchise that is bad. Yeah, I'm sure. It does, it's, it does, I couldn't do it even if it was good horror movies. It's just too much shit. I have a kid, friend. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, if you want to look up my reviews for the previous Texas Chainsaw and the upcoming ones, you'll find those at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. And yeah. I'll also be, later this month, be looking at the full Halloween franchise as well. Good. good, good. I, I know you've seen every Nightmare on Elm Street, so you were able to skip oh, that yeah. one. Nightmare, I I own all of them. I almost bought the series again just to have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, wait, I had to buy a Blu-ray player. I mean, I have one. I've oh. got a... Uh, PlayStation 4. Oh, okay. That that's, plays Blu-rays. Yeah, that, that's right, it does, yeah. Because <laughs> I have I have a couple Blu-rays. I've got uh, It on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think the only Blu-ray I own, because I pretty much gave up on physical media around then, is some of the Lord of the Rings movies and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, my, my Blu-ray collection is It Chapter 1 and The Fly. Oh, and let me just, for the people who have sent me Blu-rays, yes, I do have all the Blu-rays. Well, yes. So yeah, I do have like Moontrap Target Earth on, <laughs> on Blu-ray. Yes. Yes, technically, Fine. yes. <laughs> uh, but also, if you want some more content, in addition to the reviews I'm doing this month, if you head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash systemmastery, you can find us there. We put out a ton of bonus content, including, of course, the TV mastery that we've got going on right now. We are looking at Auto Man, a very interesting TV show going Going places, let's it's, say. It's, 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 it's a show. It's a show is what it is. <laughs> so you should check it out. And, you know, today, uh, the day we're recording this is the day that we finally made our switch from per thing to monthly on the Patreon. So from now on, it's going to be a lot easier to explain our, our pledge levels you can join us at. That's uh, right. So for it, you can join us at the 2 4 and $10 levels, which unlock varying levels of content. Uh, but that is monthly now and not per episode anymore. So it's $10 a month to get everything we offer. It always has been, but we used to call it the $5 level. So now at the $10 level, you unlock the afterthought, the TV master, we're reviewing the, the, the auto man, all the star Wars bonus content and all the system mastery bonus content. It adds up to usually nine to 10 bonus episodes a month. Yeah. So not only are you supporting us and helping us do what we do and making sure that, you know, we can keep food on the table and clothes on our backs and not resort to, you know, lower Texas cannibalism. Yep, and eye drops in my daughter's gosh darn pink eye. <laughs> oh, and of course, you'll get a whole bunch of content for doing it. So it's a great deal for everybody. And if you can't do that, times are tough. We know just, you know, tell someone about the show. Give us a review somewhere. It always helps it out to get new people to find the shows. Yep. And we are one more benefit to joining us at any one of those levels. Uh, we are slowly but inexorably uh, turning towards having an ad-supported model because we just need the money to live. That's right. Um, but Patreon it, will be ad-free for the, right. the regular content as well. So from now on, if you want ad-free system mastery, the place to come get it is to support us at literally any level on the, pay on the, uh, the site on Patreon, and you will get all the ad-free main episodes. So there yes, you go. Indeed. One more big bonus. 
All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We will, of course, be back in another couple weeks for another Horror Toberfest film. Mm -hmm. And until then, all of you have a spooky one. Spooky.